It is Sunday, June 30th, 2019. My name's Anthony, and I'm here with Michael, and this is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. I have no idea what that was about. What do you mean? That was awesome. You finally and you finally were part of the intro, which means you love the intro, which no, means it's the best intro. I'm sorry if I'm yelling, but I'm really down. excited. Anyway. You've had one too many drinks again for the second week in a row. How dare you? I've sobered up completely. I've actually stopped drinking altogether. Uh, only water and um, coffee. Breaking news not. from CNN. Uh-oh. Our good friend Eric has raced a guy and missed a shift. Ah, that happens. When Classic you're under pressure. Eric. No, when you're under pressure, it happens all the time. I've missed a shift racing Eric before. And I've missed a shift. Mm. I, risked a, I missed a shift racing a Fiat 500 of Barth. Why are you racing? Oh, I don't know. I knew I'd beat him, but he had his girlfriend. You, know, in the you car, don't want to so know what doesn't pride. miss a shift? Oh, wait. My Raptor always misses always shifts. Always misses a shift. No, I it, I raced that guy in the Fiat 500 because his girlfriend was in the car and it was a matter of pride. But, oh my um, god! I had to if you guys don't know Anthony, him. I had to embarrass him. He always has a something to <laughs> conquer. I'm a very passionate person. Oh well, yeah, okay, we it's know. a blessing and a curse. Yes, yeah, of course you know. Anyway, um, today's podcast. If you guys are wondering, because that's why you joined us here. Also, Mikey, thank you for closing the blinds behind you because people walking behind you are very distracting. But anyway, um, today's podcast is going to be on. Micro brands, as if we don't talk about them enough. Oh, is it micro brands in general? No, it's not. Then, mi- if that's the case, I need to rename this title. Uh, no, it is not micro brands in general. Um, it is going. We're going to be talking about micro brands today because I just bought into a new micro brand. Um, not new to the podcast, though. We've spoken about them before in the past. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we, we've we've watched them over the last few With years. With the Mako. Yeah, they're um, they're Mako, and we're not talking about Orient. Orient, of course, not being a micro brand, but having a watch named the Mako. No, we're talking about Zelos. And if you are a watch aficionado of any kind, you've definitely heard about them or seen them because they they push a lot of of sponsorship on Instagram, probably more than any other micro brand I've seen. Um, and I would even hesitate to say that at this point they're not a micro brand. However, um, when we first heard about them, uh, this was oh, this is dating back about two years ago. Uh, our good friend of the podcast, in fact, we just spoke about him racing his Challenger. He actually um, is not a fan of micro brands, but was really impressed by the specs of the original yeah. Mako and actually brought it to my attention. It's hard to to not be impressed by. Yeah, it, it was a I believe it was a Miyota or Salita movement in the original Mako, but it had like great water resistance, great materials, uh ceramic in the bezel, which w- at that point in the watch industry was a very like luxury uh, item to have in your bezel. Yep. And Zelos has always kind of occupied that space of au- uh, of offering luxury tidbits in their watches at a very entry level price. Sure. We're talking under a thousand for the most part in Zelos, um, but that was US. two years ago. Yeah, U.S. of course. Um, and Zelos, uh, for all intents and purposes, they are they are uh, located out of um, Singapore. Um, and the founder of the company, Elshan, uh, has grown his company in the last two years. In fact, you know, given the amount, because we talk about micro brands like Ming, Notice, uh, right? And I think those are the really the the, the two that we talked that about we've talked about quite a bit because we've both bought into them at this point. Um, but Zelos occupies a different space. Ming and Notice have relatively small collections, uh, especially Ming. Notice is expanding their collection now, really based off of mostly the mm. same model. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it? Four models with multiple different color variations. variants. Yeah, 
Um, but they have nothing on the size and scope of Zelos. But if you which, read in my story, opinion, I agree, and and that's I think that's a, everyone will agree. In fact, I was watching a video recently on what makes Rolex better than Omega, and it is the fact that they did not diverge from their core over right. all these years. Omega is significantly older than Rolex, but has also played fast and loose with their model ranges, and right. that sort of diluted their brand value, their their brand equity. Sure. Rolex has been very tight and only only you know introduced very few new models and and that sort of builds not up. so much as of late yeah I think yeah lately they've been expanding especially with color variations and 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 uh, premium and, materials yeah uh, but again that's also them trying to adapt to the times as well sure. but let's talk more about this so Zelos has a huge collection just to give you a rundown of what they offer currently this is not even acknowledging all the limited runs that they had. Mm-hmm. They currently have the Horizons GMT, which we'll be talking about today because that's the one I bought. Sky Raider at, at a, whatever, 6498 Handwind. Swordfish 300 meter diver, which is their budget entry level diver. ZX Chronograph, great white 1000 meter diver, their big diver. The Mako 500 is still for sale. The Abyss 2, the Helmsman 2. The Hammerhead 1,000-meter diver, Jeez. the Hammerhead Steel, Swiss Automatic is its own watch, apparently, the Chroma, and then they have a whole section of discontinued models. Wow. Now, I'm not going to count, but that's about 10 models. And not only is it 10 models, Notice, for example, could have 10 models, Ming could have 10 models, but they would all share, you know, a similar design, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a design language. Yeah, they, they have a certain stylizing that they follow. Zelos beyond the symbol and maybe skeletonization and use of interesting metals all look different. Yeah, it's very tag hoyer of them. Yeah, like they have, if you, if you look through their, their collection, I'm looking for like if they have like a gallery or something, these watches... There's a watch in here for everyone. Like literally, there's watches uh, here designed after the thruster of a jet. Um, there, there's watches that you know are just plain and simple divers. The the Mako, that's what got me excited about it. Uh, and and I honestly think that Horizon GMT is in that design language, very simple, very now, elegant. What that rings to me is like my first instinct, and and without knowing, let let's pretend I don't know Zelos as a brand and what they're about. But the fact that they do that is more for quantity over anything they're pushing a lot of different designs to appeal to a lot of different people to sell as much as they can yes i mean ultimately who goes into business not to sell as much as they can Mm -hmm. but there's a fine like there's some there has to be some compromise there i think in in every in every important meeting there should always be something about are we diluting our brand right? right are we if we if we do this many things but that would all be 100 percent true until you read a little bit more about Elshon and you understand how he created this brand and where he started and you really start to look at the the way that the brand has grown. Um, because if we look back to their original watches, the value portion was always crucial. Mm-hmm. They were offering great build quality, great value, and fantastic packaging um, at a time when micro brands were just sort of starting out. It was really easy at that time to find micro brands uh, that with a mixture of, you know, things from AliExpress uh, and, you know, cases from China that sort of put things together. I'm not saying that Zellos doesn't use cases from China. I'm sure, you know, 
Elshon sources things from there. But I every Zellos watch I've held, including my own, feels to me like a premium watch. Yeah. Right? Like I I brought with me today for the podcast not only the Horizon GMT from Zellos, but also the Notice Contrail and the Ming uh, 1701 because these are three watches for micro brands that if I scratch the name off and handed them to a watch aficionado, there's nothing visibly that they could see that would tell them that this is not a premium watch. Right. Um, but, of course, the price point, not exactly premium, especially when we talk about entry-level Omega, entry-level uh, Rolex definitely, but entry-level Tudor, right? These are significantly less money than yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but they offer quite a bit of horological well they're, they're i'm looking at a couple of their lines their chronographs get pretty expensive hey, what are we looking at here uh, 2200 no way u.s dollars in uh it, where is zx8 zx8 sr71 terrible naming systems this is uh oh zx chronograph yep ZX8 SR71. Yeah, no, that is pretty much. 2200 bucks US. That's quite a bit. Anyways, oh, yeah. that's not the point we're talking about. Well, no, Zellos, I'm sure, can get up there. Um, but let's, I guess, let me talk a little bit more about the watch I purchased. So it all starts with Eric showing us the Mako back in the day, got me following the brand. At that point, I had already purchased my Ming and I was looking for a daily diver. I already had the SKX and the tag at that point, but I wasn't opposed to getting a third. My third diver would obviously end up being my my Seamaster. But mm-hmm. um, at the time, I was you know really interested, and I was actually ready to buy, but I just couldn't justify it. Um, so I, I missed out on, on, on that. But it's okay because I ended up sticking with the brand, and they ended up coming out with a couple uh, with the new iteration of the Mako. Um, they ended up coming up with a couple other watches that didn't really interest me all that much because the design language was a little bit, you know, loud. And I kind of like things to be a little bit more quiet. But then about six months ago, maybe I saw maybe even less than six months ago, I saw <laughs> their Horizon GMT teased uh, and it was a GMT watch. I at that point did not own a GMT watch. Um, and I thought it was really cool. You know, I wanted it. I, I wanted to buy from this brand because I heard great things. And at the time, I I had held a few at our local Red Bar, so I knew that you know it was a, it was a solid uh, solid package, solid brand, solid you know watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and they released the GMT in stainless steel, in like three dial variations: meteorite dial, which when we talk about Zealous as a brand, it's important to know they work a lot with stainless steel, bronze. Meteorite, especially yeah. yeah, like they're they're trying to make they're they're punching above their weight class in uh in materials at at a crazy price point. You, I could have got this watch with a meteorite dial for about a thousand US. Yep, bronze case with a with a meteorite dial. Well, the prices actually just went up. That used to be no, it's at nine ninety nine. Uh, they went up June first, so it used to nine ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, it used to be even cheaper. Um, yeah, that's one thing that... <sighs> they're doing that to was, sell out the run. Yeah, exactly. And Zelos is probably the one brand that does that, is most well-known for that, that they, when the run is is done, they up the price. Right. The guy's making a business. Like, you know, if, if that's what he has to do, that just means that if I get in at the entry level, or if I get in at the first level, I spend less money on yeah. the watch. True. Right, and all that means is that the resale value of this goes up. 
because there's no way to get it other than right. spend more money. So I actually prefer that he does yeah, that. Yeah, value literally went up. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think as, for, for as far as collectors, that's just going to make collectors enjoy this piece more. But really smart move by him because it allows him to increase the value of his product, get more money for it, and also leave his people who already bought the product happy. Right. Right? So um, anyway, back to my story about the, the Horizon GMT. Of course, really interested, didn't have a GMT watch. Um, I was also interested when I found out that it's shipped with an ETA Elabor movement. I don't know how to say it. And what the hell does Elabor mean? I don't know what the hell Elabor means. I think it's finished to a little bit better of a degree. It's 2893. Yeah, it's an ETA 2893. But it, it is an ETA 2893 that ha, ha, it's apparently a little bit better than a normal 2893. That might be, you know, I'm not too familiar with that name either, but that might be just their name of their finishing of the 2893 but the fact that it is finished would make it then you know as far as watch because like look at look at the speedy hasselite versus the sapphire sandwich the the case is the movement is finished right like sure it makes yeah, it yeah, yeah a little bit more valuable i'm just gonna take a sip of water here go ahead and while he does that i will keep you occupied occupied nice perfect occupied <laughs> uh <clears throat> anyway uh, and that is for me when we talk about these brands, something that uh, is a big red flag. If I see a thousand dollar watch with a Miyota movement, I get a little bit hesitant. If I see a thousand dollar watch with a Salita, I feel a little bit better. If I see a thousand dollar watch with an Eta, I feel okay. And maybe not for the right reasons, I feel okay because I know I could walk into a regular boutique and pay a thousand dollars for a Hamilton or even a um, you know even a higher end Tissot with an Etta inside, right? That That's how my mind works. Mm. Well, they're charging $1,000 uh, for an Etta in a Hamilton, and this is a GMT, right? so that must be okay, right? Uh, but of course, to know that it ships with an Etta movement is this thing of reliability, uh, you know, this promise of reliability. Yeah. Um, and it, it just made me feel like this is great bang for buck. And I, and I holding it in my hands right now, I honestly think it is. I'll probably throw it over to you. Don't um, do that. I'll pass it over to you so you can hold it while I'm talking about it. Um, but, but so yeah, and then, and this is when I was seeing the watch in stainless steel with, uh, the dial colors of green, blue, um, slate gray, which I would end up buying and re meteorite. I decided to hold off. Cause I had to make a larger purchase at the time. And also because I wasn't fully in love with the aesthetics of the case design and, and basically what I was looking at. So I thought, well, there's no point in just buying this because I know it's great value. And because it's a GMT, I should wait for something that I truly enjoy looking right. at. And my dreams came true. Um, probably about a month and a half ago when they released, released, released the GMT, uh, in bronze. Not only did I not have a GMT watch at the time, I also didn't have a bronze watch at the time. And I've never been a huge advocate for bronze. He's just jumping on the bronze GMT bandwagon. Is that even a thing? Beyond Tudor? My Ming is a, is a bronze GMT. Oh, but this is a real bronze GMT, Mikey. Mine's titanium with anodized bronze finishing. Yeah, but this is real bronze, <clears throat> which means it's cheaper, but will also age better. Hmm. No? Seems inferior. Know. It's not. It's cheaper to hmm. give you that one. Um, I don't know. No, but the the bronze, I think, especially with the slate gray dial. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you so you can take a look. No, at no, it. I looked at it before. I'm good. You, you, you don't oh, I don't it. need to see it. 
Wow, what a what a cuck this guy is! As he flexes on me with his freaking uh, Explorer too. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry you make more money than me. Jeez. Uh, so the th- this watch in person, it's a very pretty stunning. watch. Yeah, with because I got it in bronze. Mm-hmm. The indices. I'm not sure if you noticed it before. The indices are actually um, they can bronze polished. as well. Yeah, and so. It is a little bit blinky, but subtly blinky. No, but it sparkles in the right corners. Yeah. It, and, I mean, as far as, like, case design and everything, I have smaller wrists. Not smaller. I have average-sized wrists. Yep. It, it fits my wrist perfectly. The, the proportions of the watch uh, and, the, and the photos they have on the website make it appear a lot larger than yes. what it is. When I when you gave it to me in my hand earlier and I saw it, I was very surprised. How small. Yeah. yeah. And even on your wrist, it looked a little bit yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, like a toonie. Yeah. Uh, it actually, honestly, is about the size, seemingly, maybe a little bit larger than a toonie. And I'll tell you. No. Well, oh my God. This is what they did, though, Mikey. They sold everyone a 40 mil case, but with a 38 mil bezel. That's why it looks this way. Yeah. So what you what you, you do have the, the girth of a 40 mil on your wrist, but the bezel that you see is 38. And it, it has this weird effect where it makes you think that what's on your wrist is smaller than than what yep. it actually is. But because of how tall the watch is, because it's got this chunker of a bezel on it, this coin-edge chunker bezel, it actually makes the watch play very well. And if you guys are listening to this podcast right now, go on Zealous's website, take a look at, at the watch, and you'll understand what we're saying. They have an extensive line. Yeah, oh, they got a lot. But I mean, they're, uh, of this Horizon GMT, there's eight different models. Mm-hmm. You know what this watch reminded me of? Did you ever play Uncharted? Drake's no. Fortune. I don't play bad games. Uh, Uncharted. Oh, my, how do you even say that? As a video game enthusiast. Any of our listeners play Rainbow Six Siege? Hit me up. You suck. Any of our listeners play you Farming suck. Simulator 19? Hit me up. Oh, my God. You suck so much. Anyway, this this watch reminds me of Nathan Drake from okay. Uncharted. I've, because, played, I've played it. Yeah. Like, it just, it has, for me, especially in these photos that's showing, it has that, like, this you know, Amazonian explorer kind of aesthetic to it. Yeah. I, I don't um, know. Even the, uh, the, um, oh, geez. It's escaping me. Um, the, the watch that was made for Fallout mm-hmm. uh, by Laco, by our fellow Red Bar member. Yes. Um, it kind of has the same feel where it's like, it, that one's to the extreme. Yes. It's like out of the world, but it kind of resembles the same, like, tool adventure aspect of a fictional world exactly yeah yeah and and i agree and i get that feeling here this watch also ships or ships on two straps a tropic strap it's a tropic rubber which i was very it's a a great strap yeah for for free and which you've said a lot of people complain about which i don't get because it feels amazing i think that the complaint is with the style um, because tropic straps are a vintage uh like a vintage re-release that people are coming out with now um, no, I, I like it. I dig it a lot. It's uber comfortable. It has multiple, um, adjustments. Like uh, again, if you have a reasonably sized wrist, you can get the best feel. Um, it also shipped with a bronze buckle as well. And which I can put on any 20 mil strap. Um, that's another great thing about this watch because it comes with it. So it comes with this tropic strap, which is just a regular strap, but then it also ships with a Horween leather. I believe it's horse leather, uh, strap <coughs> with a quick release. And I can put that on any 20 mil watch I have. And I have like six of them. So it's pretty awesome that this, along with my Notice, Ming, Seamaster, and Tissot, all have interchangeable straps. Yeah, that's a very uh, micro-brandy thing to do. 
Yeah. To send out multiple straps. I love it. I could put straps that I use on the Ming on this um, and vice versa as long as I curve some string bars. But uh, pretty cool. Like, again, great value. Comes with a watch roll. If you're not new to Zelos, you've seen this watch roll. Wooden box and watch rolls like a Zelos trademark at this point. When Zelos was a little bit younger as a brand, they were trying to make a bit more of an impression. They would actually ship with watch tools like spring bar tools uh, and maybe even three straps. I think the original Mako shipped with three. Um, But uh, again, as expected, cost savings, right? They they just now ship with the warranty card, the watch roll, and, Mm -hmm. you know, two proprietary straps. But in saying that, they do sell um, straps on their website as well Mm -hmm. for reasonable prices, $14 for a NATO. Oh, 30 really? bucks for a vintage leather strap. Hmm. So it's not too bad. They got a couple others. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Horizon, if, if, if anyone is interested in a great value buy, you can currently get. So let's see what's sold out. Well, there's, um, quite a, there's a couple that are still available. Yeah. I mean, all the bronze editions are available. In fact, you can still get that uh, meteorite dial, which might be a little bit blinky for some. Uh, for a thousand US uh, USD, and that's again like right. you can walk into a boutique and pay over a thousand for a Hamilton GMT. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want something that's a little bit different but built to the same quality, uh, yeah. I would say check out Zellos. Very impressed with the with the strap quality and the mm-hmm. case quality, but one thing stuck out to me quite a bit. Yes. Um, the the turning of the hands, the the skipping of the GMT date, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot with the like the ETA GMT movements. Um, but the bezel action, yeah, a little disappointing. Um, and, and we discussed this. Maybe I'm spoiled because I own the two Rolex GMT movements. Mm-hmm. Um, but very awkward, awkward movement in, of the bezel. So I was also disappointed because I I felt um, Zelos bronze bezels on their diver, and th- those bezels I believe were 120 click. This is a 60 click, and I'm gonna. I'm going to hold it up to the mic you're yeah, seeing it here. It won't catch it. Well, let's try. So th- this click has the the uh, of of what I was expecting. It's very, there's no play in the bezel. But because it's difficult to grip, because it's a coin edge bezel, it's hard to grip. The bezel is smaller than the case. So you have to squeeze your hands together, and it's so hard to wrench because there's no play in the fucking thing. Like right now, I'm actually, I'm struggling to turn this yeah. around. Not to mention, it's a bronze case, which means that it, the, if I don't keep turning this bezel, that the bronze will eventually fuse together because it, as it oxidizes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so kind of works like mold. Yes. Um, now the bezel's mounted on ball bearings. Um, yeah, I believe. I, I can't think of. I'm not very versed to as the construction of bezels, but mm. um, that's the first I've ever heard of ball bearings in the bezel no i've heard about that oh, before. Yeah? that that is higher end watches use a ball bearing mechanism from what i really? understand it's the cheaper end watches that use that uh that spring yeah spring that you were talking about because ball bearing is very snappy right it's, it's, i don't know maybe it just has to get worn that's what i'm thinking maybe i can wear it in i know that my my omega bezel has gotten better over time and that's very difficult to turn i have to learn how to turn this that. you got to really wrench on it but this this is also bi-directional which means that sometimes you yeah. get it in a weird way where it's like it doesn't want to turn because it's already been turned one way and now you're forcing it in the other direction. Yeah. It's it's very finicky. And um, if Zelos is listening right now, which I doubt they are, but if you are listening, um, maybe I have a defective model. I'm not sure. But this, like I've, I've used your bezels before and they were a Not joy. on the horizon. Not on the horizon. 
but on uh, your diver, the Mako and, and another model, maybe it was the Abyss or the Hammerhead. Mm-hmm. It was a larger diver. They were a joy to use, and one of those was bronze. Uh, but this one is just it's subpar uh, for for See, what I was expecting. It's got the clunky and the the you know the bing bing bing. Of, if if of it was, was purposely done that way, you would think it would be the other way around. They would put the harder moving. To harder to move bezel on the diver. I would expect the opposite, actually. Really? I would expect what they did because you are going to use this far less than you would. Yeah, but typically you don't want the bezel to move when you're diving because you will die. No, but you want it to be able to move, just not move backwards. Sure. That's why it's unidirectional versus this bidirectional. Right, yeah, that's why they do it This This yeah. can be hard to move because you just need to move it once and you, you put it back. But the dive bezel would need to be adjusted based off of what you need. It just can't mm. be adjusted one way. I don't know. I'm just trying to justify, justify what they did. Yeah, it's bad. That's it's, it. Yeah, it, it is. The bezel it is, action is it, bad. If I if I have to nitpick about this watch, yep. the bezel action is the only thing that let me down because it's my first GMT. I also don't know how to use a GMT movement. Not like you know, I know how to functionally use it, but I don't know how to use it purposely. I told you. No, but again, let me explain what I mean by that. Functionally, I know how to make my hour hand move. Oh, okay. I see, I see, I see. Right? My GMT hour hand. But I don't know how to purposefully use that to track a second and because of the the bi-directional bezel, uh, third Third. time zone. You don't need to. I'll I'll, there. I'll I'll solve it for you. (laughs) No, I know I don't need to, but it's part part of the thing of having a GMT watch. What I do is I just set it to... Toronto time and oh. Rome time. Good one. I'm going to set it to Toronto time and Singapore time because that's where this watch is from. Wah, wah, wah. I also see the play in the crown that you were speaking about when the crown is unwinded. Yep. But I'll be honest, a lot of my micro brand watches, like the, the notice has. That's what I'm saying. It, well. it, it, it's uh, something that you, something kind of to be expected. Yeah. Like that. that is not something that would ever deter me from this watch. Cause, I noticed it. Because the crown. Yeah. But the crown winds uh, and turns and releases mm-hmm. very nicely. Like it, the click when it comes out is very satisfying. Like it, it's not, you know, again, you're spoiled at this point. Not like I'm, you know, because because of the watch. Whoa. Because of the watches that you Shots own. Shots fired. But you have to remember that people spend like like $400 on a Michael Kors watch. Like, well, yeah, you're going more extreme to the No, other. but I'm just saying, I'm just saying like they're, they're, you cannot compare the two because w- what this does for the amount of money it does is still remarkable. Right. Right. And you'd be hard pressed to find. So now I'm going to go ahead and give you my opinion on it. Go ahead. Um, valued at eight ninety nine. What is that in Canadian? Again, I paid less. Okay. But guess what? It's for sale for eight ninety nine. Now. So that I don't care. No. That's what it's for sale for eight ninety nine. Wait, what do you look at? It's uh, mine is mine specifically is for sale for eight forty nine. Oh, whatever, eight forty nine. Yeah, that's a difference. Eight forty nine. Give me something you can buy for the for that price. Canadian, it's eleven twenty five currently with okay. the dollar. Um, so eleven, let's that say twelve hundred dollars. Um, twelve hundred bucks. It's an expensive piece. Let me just um, say, if I had paid twelve hundred for it, I wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, I'm 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 finding a hard time trying I, to convince myself I, to say that it, I would buy it for twelve hundred. But what else would you get for twelve hundred? I I paid for this watch under a thousand dollars Canadian, well under a thousand. Right, but because I bought it in its first. Yeah, run. but you can't. You you have you have to talk about what it's worth. 
No, I understand. I understand. But at the at the same time, like that's like saying, well, I bought my Omega for five grand, but now there's a shortage of Omegas and now they're nine grand. Here's the thing, Anthony. I wouldn't buy a Omega for nine no, grand. No, no, I'm gonna make you realize this, right? Earlier you said a benefit of buying in early is the fact that it's worth more after. Okay, but that, that also that doesn't stop. change so how much it's valued on, based, to me at. Hold on. Based on that fact that you are gonna take advantage of that, it also means that you have to now in turn saying it's worth this much. No. Because I don't yes. because I don't I you, you would could not, have also bought you could also buy it used for explain. less. I don't have the means to spend that much money on a micro brand watch. That's the main reason. As much as I like this watch, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the means to spend that much money on on a watch like this. What was the price difference? $100? I, if I if I'm truthful with you, I paid $803 Canadian for this watch. 803. Mhm. Okay. So you so, basically like took away the conversion and tax. Yep. Mhm. Not a bad price for the for this piece. No. In no. fact, a great price. At that price point, I think I, I think it would be a good buy. Um, at the twelve hundred dollar, it's kind of harder to swallow because you're touching into like Hamilton, Oris ish territory. Yep, I agree. Um, uh, not really Oris territory. Hamilton, you're for getting sure. there. Not Oris. You're looking at another thousand. No, there's yeah. certain ones that you can get, but not the nice ones. Oh my god! Okay, no, but what that's a, a, okay. Snob. Why don't we just talk right now about Oris? Oris has well, two kinds time. of Oris. We don't have time. The Oris that you find on Kijiji because people buy them; they're too big and they don't like them. And then the Oris that we got a chance to hold that night at the Oris event, right? With that Red you Bar. pay a huge premium for. Huge premium, but yeah. they are such splendid. Right, like they are. Of they are perfect, perfect watches in so many okay. ways. So there are two kinds of Oris out there, and you're talking about the. Not so great. Words. Can we conclude this episode with an actual decisive sure. point? Sure. Um, because, you know, we always seem to still be up in the air by the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I think at, at 830, it's a buy. Mm-hmm. At 1200. It's tough. Yeah, it's, I a, it's a lot of money. Agree. Yeah. But uh, do this. Um, you, you'll, one way you can convince yourself is by telling yourself that to find a bronze watch with an Eta movement um, this size... Right, it, it, it's gonna be difficult. Right, yeah, it, it's definitely like if if you have twelve hundred twelve hundred dollars to spare, and you really like the look, yeah, then it's, it's not it, really it, much you're else not going there. wrong. Yeah, it's just this is for the, me twelve hundred dollars. I wouldn't spend on it. This is not a clone of anything else. And I will tell you, if you if if you think that you might like the case design, you'll only be more impressed when you see it. Like yeah, it's for a sure, one hundred percent. It stands out case. quite yeah. a bit. So, uh, and, and again, I actually, I kind of spoke about this in the unboxing video that we did live on Instagram, but I bought this watch as kind of a bit of an experiment because it's a summer watch. I feel it's a watch I can really exploit in the summer and I kind of want to see how I can get the bronze to change. Patina? Patina. Yeah. Patina. What do you patina over there? Uh, no patina over like over the course of the Mm. summer. So, uh, that, that will be the majority of my post. Put it in a bottle of Coke for three weeks. What's the matter with you? <laughs> that does it. Yeah, I know that does it, but that's the cheating. And plus, I would never. You throw... want the look? Get it anyway. Uh, but yeah, so um, love. I, lo- I I honestly do love the watch. I mean, again, a couple of niggles with the bezel, uh, but I'd rather have a bezel hard to turn than a misaligned bezel. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, if that's the worst thing that we're picking out of this mm-hmm. watch, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Because let's be honest, today is the first and last time Anthony's ever going to turn that bezel. Exactly. 
Like realistically, I have no reason to turn that bezel. Right. So it's cool that it does turn. Uh, but I also chose the bezel with that was bronze without any ceramic on it. If you look at all the other models, they come the, with no, ceramic. just the green one. Ceram- no, the green one comes with two tone ceramic. The no, blue I, no. and meteorite on the thing it says green exclusively ceramic. Oh, so I guess the other ones are just painted. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah the green is a two tone ceramic. The other ones, yep. I guess, are just painted. I think so. Um, but I, I still, I wouldn't. I prefer just the bronze. A hunk of bronze is what I want on my wrist, and that's what I got. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, a great size. So, anyway, congratulations. Thank you. I enjoyed um, this piece. But yeah, I think we'll end off that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, another week. Thank you for joining us again. I thought you were, sorry, I thought you were thanking me specifically for joining. Well, I was just saying, Not you. Oh, you, my you. God. If anyone wants to join and take Anthony's place, please. Wow. You know please. what? We're, we're going to have to make that happen someday. One day? Yes. Anyways, um, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, um, you know where to follow us on Instagram at Timelapse Podcast. Follow the greatest, the most unbelievable truck build that at this point I hope is I not you were gonna, stagnant. I thought you were going to try to boost our, our podcast, but then you just go and boost your own truck build. No, at nice. the Toronto Raptor that has so many beautiful pictures of Raptors. <laughs> you can follow it there. Um, and if you're listening, you obviously found us on all the streaming platforms uh come back next week we'll have a very exciting episode about acura goodbye we'll see you guys then Mm -hmm.